You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Takes, some of the best sports podcasts. I'm your host, Sean Bingham. Thank you for being here. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. That's where we are. Um, please hit that subscribe button as I hit the microphone here. Um, yeah, guys, subscribe. We had a great weekend. Happy Monday. Football is back. Um, how great is September and October in America? The weather is still spectacular throughout the country in September. Uh, in fact, in most places, it's actually even better than it has been all summer because it's like slightly cooler, but it's still plenty warm to like be the water's warm, you know, the swimming holes are warm, the sun's still shining, sunsets are still late, but it's just a few degrees cooler. So it's like a little bit nicer, a little bit more pleasant. Football is in full swing. Um, college football, NFL football, I freaking love it. I can't get enough of it. I'm so excited. Today, we've got a lot to talk about. We're, of course, going to talk a lot about the BYU Cougars and their huge win over Baylor. Um, we're also going to talk a lot about the NFL. I love the NFL. I'm so excited it's back. Uh, we're going to start with BYU because I feel like that's what most people are most interested in that are going to hear this. Um, the Cougars had what I would consider to be one of the most signature wins of the last decade for the program. I mean, it hasn't been the, the greatest, you know, the last uh, 10 plus years. There's been a couple of really good seasons, uh, but it feels like the big games we, we lose. And I say we because I went to BYU. I'm a BYU, BYU grad. But it feels like the Cougars have lost a lot of the big games um, that have come up, obviously, to rival Utah consistently other than last year. Um, they had lost nine straight, I believe it was, right? And, you know, oftentimes we lose bowl games or we're like on the verge of maybe breaking into the, um, you know, the, the, the BCS at the time or the playoffs, you know, things like that. And it's like we're, we just lose a key game, right? Um, I need to stop saying we, but BYU loses a key game. Well, this time it's, it's ranked Baylor on national television and we're without our two best receivers. BYU is without their two best receivers. And they get it done. They get a win despite horrendous kicking. We're going to talk about that a lot. Kicking was the story of the weekend for both the NFL and college. Um, But BYU gets a signature win on national television in front of a packed Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 65,000-plus screaming fans. The crowd looked amazing. I watched it on TV. I was in California uh, for a wedding, and so I didn't get to go to the game. But the crowd looked amazing. The jerseys, the uniforms, and the helmets looked so incredible. The stadium looked amazing. The full moon, the mountains, it just looked spectacular. BYU looked so good on national television. So good. Like, as dumb as it sounds, like just the the, the stadium and the crowd and the uniforms and the helmets, that stuff, it matters. That's what makes Oregon so so amazing, right? It's like, ooh, they're fancy jerseys, and they've got the cool stadium that's always packed. And um, they're always on national television looking cool and athletic, right? That's how BYU looked. It was so good. It felt so good. So I loved how BYU looked. I loved that the place was packed. Uh, it, you know, the game ended around 3 a.m. Eastern time. So a lot of the country probably didn't see the ending, but I'm sure they heard about it. I'm sure they caught the beginning. Um but everything just looked so good. Two ranked teams going down to the wire, and BYU wins a tough one despite the kicking woes 
um, of Oldroid, which, I mean, the poor guy, misses a kick to win the game at the end of regulation uh, inside 40 yards, then misses a kick in overtime inside 40 yards to win the game. So he has two chances for game winners, misses both of them. That's a cause for concern because that's a confidence thing that's going to be there for a while, probably. Um, it was nice to see after the game. I'm sure you all saw this. It went viral on Instagram and things like that. Jaron Hall, you know, BYU's starting quarterback, goes and gives him a big hug. Old Roy, the kicker, is bawling, literally bawling. He has not taken his helmet off. You know, when you keep your helmet on, it's almost like you're hiding a little bit, right? Players on the sidelines, like, they take their helmet off frequently, especially when it's nice nice weather. It's not, like, for warmth or anything like that. Um, or if it's hot weather, they definitely take it off. Uh, he left his helmet on, and he was hiding, right? Like, in his mind, he's hiding still, right? Like, oh, I'm behind my helmet. My face mask covers me a little bit. Balling. Jaron Hall is giving him a big hug. Um, you like to see that. Great leadership by Jaron Hall. Cougars pull out the victory. Um, but that's a cause for concern. Like, the team better continue to wrap their arms around him if he's the only kicker they've got because those there could be some demons that last for a long time there. He had two chances for game winners. I was hoping for his sake and for BYU's sake that he'd make that second one because he could have righted the wrong from earlier and he could have laughed it off, gone to the locker room like, oh man, that was scary, guys. I was, I'm so sorry I missed that first one. I am so glad I got a second chance. But instead it turned into like, shoot, I botched it again. Like it made it even worse, and then the team had to bail me out. So those are some those are some demons that could be there for a while. Hopefully, hopefully not for BYU's sake. But BYU, this is big news. Rankings just came out. BYU jumps Utah in the rankings. We know there's a rivalry there. There's an in-state rivalry. Utah beat some high school. I can't remember who it was. Uh, they played some like 4A high school or something like that. They won like 108 to zero. I can't remember what the score was, but so they drop a spot for playing nobody. And then BYU jumps up to 2-0, all the way to 12th in the AP poll, uh, 14th in the coaches poll. Utah is 14th in the AP, so two spots behind BYU in the AP poll. And then 15th, one spot behind BYU in the coaches poll. So in both polls, BYU catapults ahead of Utah. They rose 11 spots, the Cougars did, in the coaches poll, and they rose 9 spots in the AP poll. Huge win for BYU. Again, without their two best wide receivers and um, had two blunders on in the kicking game, and they still get it done. So taking a look at the box score real quick, um, if I can find it. Here it is. It was so impressive. And, and I'll get into the Utah thing. Utah obviously just played who's on their schedule and, and won big. It was like 73-7, to 7, I think, was the actual score. And I think it was Southern Utah, but i got to check here in a second. But... Okay, so Oldroyd, by the way, did make a field goal early um, and did make a field goal in the third quarter. And then he, so he was two for four, um, but he, he, he missed the two most important ones, uh, which is really unfortunate. But um, okay, here we go. So Jaron Hall had uh, one touchdown. He also caught a touchdown pass, which was kind of cool. Chase Roberts, Chase Roberts was the story of the game, right? Chase Roberts, you know, again, BYU is without their two best receivers. Chase Roberts steps up. And goes and gets eight catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. And then he throws a touchdown to Jaron Hall. It was the game of his life, and it came at a really good time. So that's a, that's an example of a guy who stepped up. Someone's out. Next man up. Boom, I got this. And Chase Roberts does get it done. Eight catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. And then to 
add on top of that, he throws for a touchdown to Jaron Hall. So Cougars look good. No interceptions. Um, it, it just was a good, clean game. The defense looked really, really good. You could see Baylor's defense getting tired. Uh, you know, we had a time zone advantage. We had an elevation altitude advantage. We had a home field advantage. I get it. Uh, BYU is favored by two and a half. But again, without their two best receivers, Baylor's ranked higher. It kind of felt like a wash. This could go either way. I was surprised to see the Cougars uh, still favored by two and a half when it came out that these two receivers were going to be out for the game. Um, but it stayed that way, and BYU gets the dub by six. So catapults them in the rankings. So looking ahead at the schedule, um, you know, there's still some tough games ahead, a lot of tough games ahead, including this coming Saturday uh, at Oregon. That'll be a nationally televised game. Oregon is now ranked. Uh, they're 25th. It'll be in Oregon. So that's that's a, that's a tough game. So that one could go either way. Uh, I'm sure the early line will have BYU favored just to, by, by a hair. Uh, then we play... BYU plays Wyoming, then Utah State on a short week, then at Notre Dame, which Notre Dame's 0-2, so who knows what's going to happen there. Unranked. They went from like 5th to unranked. Arkansas, Liberty, that should be easy. East Carolina, Boise State, uh, those are not gimmies at all. Utah Tech, uh, that's that should be a, a blowout, one that should never even be scheduled. And then at Stanford to finish it off. So, Plenty of difficult games ahead. Notre Dame, Stanford, Boise State, Oregon, um, even Utah State <clears throat> can always you know be an in in state rivalry. So, <clears throat> and then Arkansas, Arkansas, number ten, Arkansas. Those are BYU's got a tough schedule. I mean, if they can if they can finish nine and three, it's going to be a really good year. Uh, but it, with that win over Baylor, you're hoping for like a ten and two type season, maybe even you know lightning strikes run the table. But we'll see. So. Anyway, so back to, back to the kicking, right? The kicking was just so bad. So, so bad. Um, <clears throat> Texas, uh, not Texas, I looked at my screen and saw Texas A&M. Baylor also missed a kick in overtime that could have won it. It was just like this back and forth, just disaster, right? Two, though, for BYU. And then we go to the NFL the next day, and there's just kicking woes after kicking woes. Missed field goal, missed field goal, missed field goal. So I'm sure Oldroyd felt, Jake Oldroyd felt a little bit better after watching the NFL yesterday because there were so many missed kicks. Um, and I was telling my girlfriend, I said, you know, what Oldroyd just did, you do that in the NFL, you're fired the next day. And I've seen it many, many times. If you're not like, you know, one of the top kickers in the league, in the NFL, if you're like, you know, just a everyday starter, like you're maybe the 20th best kicker in the NFL. So you're good enough to start because there's 30 teams um, or 32, but you're not like one of the top five guys. It's just like, oh, this guy's like so clutch. He's so good. You know, he never makes mistakes. If you have a if you have an off game as one of those guys, you're going to be forgiven. If you're like the 20th guy in the league at, at kicking, 25th, you know, like you're like bottom third, um, and you miss a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation, and you miss another game-winning field goal in overtime, you are fired the next day. You don't have any other job other than to make field goals. Extra points, just about anybody can make. And field goals are it. And so if you can't do it, especially when the pressure's on, there's no need for you on the team. And so that's not to pour salt in the wound of Jake Oldroyd. I'm sure he feels bad enough. But that's the type of thing where like you've got to get it right up here or you won't have a job because that's what you're there for. Like that's that, Those clutch kicks are everything in the kicking game. So we'll see what happens with these NFL guys. It was week one, so I'm sure you won't see many firings, if any. But you might see some shifting like, ah, let's try this guy for the next, next week. But um Okay, not to skip back and forth too much here, but we got to talk about Utah. 
Utah did play yesterday. Um, Florida lost, by the way, to Kentucky. I think that also hurt Utah's rankings um, quite a bit. In fact, if we go back to the rankings, sorry, I'm a little bit scattered right now trying to keep track of the rankings that just came out. So Florida loses. Florida drops down to 21st in the coaches' poll and 18th in the AP poll. So now they're behind Utah. And I guess it's because they played them close and Utah, it's kind of a weird system, right? Who knows what's best. But so, but Florida losing to Kentucky absolutely hurt Utah. I think if you see Florida go and beat Kentucky, who was also ranked, you're going to see Utah maybe stay one spot ahead of BYU. But because the team they lost to just lost, it makes that loss look even worse now, right? It makes the Florida loss look even worse if you're a Utah fan because the team that just beat you just lost. Um, but they did. They played Southern Utah. The, the score was 73-7, to just like I said. So I hate those games. I hate that Utah has that scheduled. I hate that BYU has uh, Utah Tech scheduled. That's Dixie call. It's like a – it's not D1. Anything that's not Division One should not be allowed. This is why they need a regular actual preseason game. Let them play that game as the first game, as a preseason game. It doesn't count. Even if you lose, it doesn't count. That's a game where you kind of figure out your personnel. You figure out your, who's going to be your starting kicker. Who might, you know, if there's a quarterback controversy, well, let's start one guy one quarter, the next guy the next quarter, and trade off. Let's let's try different linemen. Let's try different schemes. Let's try different. Let's try this play. Let's try that play. Let's do a trick play. That's what preseason's all about: is deciding personnel. And college football doesn't allow for a preseason game because ultimately everybody cares about the playoffs. Everybody cares about bowl games. So even though these non-conference games don't count towards your conference standings or conference championship hopes, they do count towards bowl games. They do count towards overall rankings. They do count towards the college football playoffs. So I think it needs to shift um, and to where there's an actual preseason game. And I think that preseason game would probably frequently be scheduled against a lower-end school um, for all these Division One teams. And that's fine, but it shouldn't count. Like Alabama should not be allowed to schedule Chattanooga. Utah should not be allowed to schedule Southern Utah. BYU should not be allowed to schedule Texas Tech, or not Texas Tech, Utah Tech, right? Um, those are garbage games. Nobody wants to watch them. They're pointless. I hate them. I wish they would go away. Okay, now that's out of the way. So um, very interesting schedule ahead for Utah as well. They play San Diego State next, then then they get into their Pac-12 schedule, right? Arizona State, Oregon State, UCLA, USC. USC is currently ranked seventh. That'll be a tough one. Washington State, Arizona, Stanford, Oregon on the road, just like BYU has, and then Colorado. So a lot of similarities in the scheduling with BYU and Utah. Um, obviously, Utah's schedule is just a touch harder, I would say. They don't have an Arkansas on the schedule like BYU does. They don't have Boise State, but they have more Pac-12 teams. Um, and the, both of them have a gimme in uh, Southern Utah and, tech, and Southern and Utah Tech. Um, but in place of Arkansas, Utah scheduled Florida, right? So um, Utah schedule is a little bit harder, of course. We'll see what they can do. This, this seems to be a year that should be an up year for the Utes. Um, that Florida loss is, is a tough one to swallow. But uh, you go run the table in the Pac-12 and finish 11 and one win a pac 12 championship 12 and one I think you're in the playoffs honestly I don't think that's gonna happen uh, but it, but if it did I think you'd still make the playoffs so it's not the end of the world to lose to Florida especially first game of the season so okay moving on from college football to the NFL I freaking love the NFL I love it so much more than college football I love college football 
And that shows you how much I really love the NFL because it's just better. It's better athletes. It's better competition. It's closer games. Um, it, everything about it to me is just better. Um, and I love it. So fantasy is the smartest thing ever. It's got everybody in, interested in, in an NFL and watching games that you'd never watch otherwise. Uh, I'm interested in games that like I just normally would not care about at all because I got guys in fantasy playing, right? So the week one hype was so good. Uh, the, the scheduling, the NFL just nailed it. They knocked it out of the park with the scheduling. Baker Mayfield against his old team. Tonight we get Russell Wilson against his old team. We had Tom Brady versus the Cowboys. Um, everything was just so well done with week one. Like so well done. Um, Dak Prescott gets hurt last night, uh, injures his hand, going to need surgery out six to eight weeks for the Cowboys. That's a huge blow. The Cowboys looked horrendous. Uh, and now with Dak Prescott out, they're going to look even worse. Maybe they go get Jimmy G. Maybe this opens the door for a trade to get Jimmy G because I think there's clearly some more changes that need to take place in Dallas. You'll probably see Mike McCarthy get fired before the end of this. But yes, I could see the Cowboys going and getting a Jimmy G. It seems like it would make a lot of sense at this point. Um, they need to make some changes. I had them win in the division on my last podcast. That is going to be wrong, especially with Dak out. I think even with him in, I don't know. Commanders looked good yesterday. Eagles looked good yesterday. Giants got lucky. They're not going to be that good. Um, they'll still finish last, but Cowboys looked awful. Absolutely awful. The GOAT, Tom Brady, looked fantastic. Actually, he didn't look fantastic. He looked good. He looked good. Um, but having taken all those days off, I was impressed, you know, because there was some drama leading up to this game with him. He took like 11 days off. Potentially he and Giselle in some huge fight. Who knows? His mind wasn't quite there leading into this game. And they got a W, and they got it on the road against what was supposed to be a good opponent. So, <clears throat> got to feel good there. Okay, so the Seahawks, in the toughest division in all of football, <clears throat> excuse me, find themselves sitting in first place. They, uh, <clears throat> man, I really got a throat thing going here. <clears throat> excuse me, guys. But they tweeted out yesterday, um, oh, hey, because they, <laughs> so simple, right? But the, the Cardinals, so the the NFC West is so good. You've got the Cardinals, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. So probably the second best division in football behind the AFC West. The Seahawks are clearly the worst team in that division, and they're in first place because they haven't played yet. They play the Broncos tonight, and they'll probably lose. Um, <clears throat> but the Cardinals lose. The Rams lose. Oh, that was the other thing. Opening week, we get the Rams and the Bills, and the Bills look spectacular. Um so Rams lose, 49ers lose, Cardinals lose, and Seattle hasn't played, so they're in first place with an oh hey. Um, very, very fun week one. Um, one thing I got to mention is <clears throat> I wanted to see Baker Mayfield beat the Browns. I just did. I was really hoping for that, especially without Deshaun Watson. Like, you can't even beat them with, like, who's now, like, your replacement's backup. Like, it's not even your replacement that you were playing against. It's your replacement's backup. And I view Baker Mayfield similar to how I view Russell Westbrook almost. Like, it, very polarizing and a lot of hate that I think is warranted, but not entirely kind of thing. A lot of talent there that I think is not fully being tapped into. And also just a guy that can't get out of his own way sometimes, right? Um, so sometimes I want to stick up for those people because I feel like they've got some insecurities they're dealing with or something. I don't know how to describe it, but... I wanted to see Baker Mayfield win. Um, I also felt like the way that he was called like a child 
and then they went and gave 200 whatever million dollars guaranteed to a guy who didn't play last season and is currently being accused by two dozen women of like sexual misconduct that's the guy that's not a child apparently like it just was pretty hypocritical and ridiculous of the browns the way that whole thing went down and we're going to talk about guaranteed contracts here in a second but um i want to see baker win didn't um instead of rookie kicker we've got all these kicks just all over the place cincinnati and pittsburgh geez what a game that one was cincinnati joe burrow has a horrible game right throws four picks has a fumble five turnovers manages to come back have a spectacular game winning drive well game tying drive should have been a game winning drive hits jamar chase in the end zone for what would have been the most spectacular game winning supposedly catch barely out of bounds a few plays later he manages to get it to jamar chase not in a spectacular fashion but touchdown nonetheless ties the game extra point gets blocked i think it was uh, i can't remember who it was was it minka fitzpatrick extra point gets blocked unbelievable play and <clears throat> we go to overtime both teams just suck it up missed kick missed kick missed kick missed field goals all over the place and then pittsburgh ends up getting the win in the end i want to see cincinnati win that one um but they didn't but the colts also just kicks just hooking far this way and far that way so the giants get the win you know off of horrible kicking so you're thinking like oh if, if anyone's gonna survive or if anyone's gonna have a uh you know a missed kick lead to a w it's gonna be the panthers because they're looking at a rookie kicker from 58 yards to win the game for the browns and he drills it this kicker for the browns is a rookie from 58 yards with time expiring in his first game as a, as a pro, and he would have made it from 70. It was straight down the center of the uprights. It actually did kind of go outright and then come back, but like it, it went through straight through the uprights, and it was 15 feet above the crossbar and like drills the back of the net from 58 yards. This kid's the real deal. So... That's how Baker loses to the Browns. Of course, after the game, he's like, oh, everyone's acting like this is the Super Bowl. There's still 16 more games. The Super Bowl's not till February. And it's like, dude, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So I don't know. We'll see. I got Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy team. I want to see him get involved more. I didn't see enough of that. So I'm interested to see what happens down the stretch of the season with the Panthers because I'm expecting Baker to do bigger things than I saw yesterday. I was not impressed yesterday. Um, he's got a good weapon. He's got good weapons. So there's no excuses. He's got to get, get, got to get more done. So one more thing, um, Lamar Jackson, good win yesterday for the Ravens. Uh, Lamar turned down reportedly like one of the largest contracts in NFL history, not the largest, but one of uh, larger than Kyler Murray's, larger than Russell Wilson's, more guaranteed money, but it wasn't a Deshaun Watson contract. So he turns it down, going to bet on himself, going to play this whole season uh, with no guaranteed money after this year. If he, if he doesn't get hurt, he's just going to get franchise tagged. And then he'll deal with that and have to negotiate. To me, this was a huge mistake. He absolutely should have taken that money. It was like a hundred and I've got it pulled up here, or I can pull it up here real quick. It's a $250 million extension, $133 million guaranteed. Dude, you're gonna turn that down because you want to get paid more than Deshaun Watson? That is so stupid. Like, th- there's a fallacy in professional sports contracts that if one guy gets it, then if you think you're better than him, then you should get that or more. 
And, and that's a huge mistake because not all GMs are the same. Not all organizations and teams are the same. Not all situations are the same. So maybe the Browns felt more desperate and felt like they wanted to give that to Deshaun Watson. Maybe they like him better. Maybe they just are a poorly run franchise that wants to give 200 and something million dollars to a guy that might go to prison. That's their call. Maybe the Baltimore Ravens aren't like that. Why? Because they actually win Super Bowls occasionally, unlike the Browns, who rarely even make the playoffs. So if you want to play for a great franchise, if you want to have a chance at championships, if you want to be surrounded by other quality players to give you a chance to be in the playoffs every year, you probably shouldn't look for those like mega max best ever super guaranteed contracts because usually those aren't accompanied with lots of studs around you, great management, great coaching. Usually it's a sign of desperation. The Browns are that an example of that. So to me, this was a huge mistake by Lamar Jackson. I think he should have taken that money, been very grateful for it, made one of the highest contracts in NFL history, been 30 at the end of it and said, you know what, I got a chance to do this again and do it again. Or maybe along the line, you try and renegotiate or something. You get an extension after your third year. But to say no to more guaranteed money than Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray just got, 133 guaranteed, 250 if you just don't get hurt, like, and, and, and finish out the contract. Like, I don't know. To me, a huge mistake by Lamar Jackson. It's a ton of money. And now with how he plays, he's been hit more than any quarterback since he entered the league. He runs. Um, he actually had his statistically his worst season last year. I just don't see why he turned this down. To me, it was a huge mistake. And there's a huge fallacy there by professional athletes thinking that because one guy got it, I should get it too. Look at the whole situation. If you want to go be on the Dolphins like Tyreek Hill did, and Tyreek Hill, for him, he's like, I got a Super Bowl. I want my money now. And I don't blame him, actually, in that situation. The Dolphins will not be the Chiefs. Period. They won't be. The Dolphins will not be as good as the Chiefs this year. Um, and the Chiefs weren't willing to pay him that money because they want to have a team. They know that quarterback's the most important position. So they gave their mega deal to Patrick Mahomes. But even that mega deal is laced with incentives and like stipulations and things like that. And so even that one's not quite what it seems to be. Um, and so anyway, that's my take on that. So, okay, I'm kind of all over the place. I freaking love the NFL. I love football. Welcome back. Congrats to the Cougars. Um, I love seeing both Utah and BYU ranked, both in the top 15 even, which is just spectacular. I love it. Um, that's all the time I have for the day, you guys. Please hit that subscribe button. Good luck to both BYU and Utah this weekend. Um, and go Commanders. I got to end with the Commanders. The Commanders won a great game. Carson Wentz looks good. He had two picks kind of right in the middle of the second half there that were pretty awful. But he had four touchdowns, uh, including a game-winning drive. Looked really good. I was, I was, and our Jahan Dotson, our rookie wide receiver, looked spectacular. Had two touchdowns. Um, only had three catches, but two of them were for touchdowns, including the game winner. So I'm pretty stoked as a Commanders fan. We'll see how it goes. But uh, you guys are awesome. Hit that subscribe button. I am out. Peace. We got the strength. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.